Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to Super Sentai Brothers, episode 2 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast about Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Uh, my name is Matt J, and joining me once again is my brother and co-host Dave. Hey! How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Okay, so, welcome back to you, welcome back to the listeners. Again, we are watching episode 2 of Live and Let Die Ranger today. But before we did, the catchphrase of the Die Rangers mm-hmm. is that, shining in the heavens, there are five stars... Go say Sentai Die Ranger. Right. But in honor of that, I thought that we would start off each episode with our own five stars. I think that's a great idea. Uh, sort of things throughout the week that we give a star to. I guess if there's something really great, it could have two stars? I don't know. I'm sort of making this up on the fly. Okay. So, do you have a first star? Do I have a first star? I really feel like you should, since this was the segment that you came up with. Of course I have a first star. Okay. I thought about this ahead of time. All right. I made plans. I just need to remember them now. Okay. So give me a second while I'm definitely not making it up on the fly. Okay. So, your... First star of the week. First star of the week. I was pausing to give you time. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. So your first star of the week is uh, Mario Kart 8. I'm about a month behind on buying it. Uh, I should have done it before. But I did now, and I'll tell you what. That's a fun game. Yeah? That's a very good game. Are there still... Blue sparks is really what I need to know. There are blue sparks. Okay, well there then I'm in. Sparks. There are blue shells, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I'm blue a winner. Blue shells. Because I'm a winner, Dave. <laughs> sure. If I'm hanging out in the back all the time, blue shells are great, but that's not where I live. Yeah. I live up front on the bleeding edge. <laughs> blue, blue shells are like the worst item in any game ever. And the problem is, at this point, they are so iconic that they're never going anywhere. You can't get rid of a blue shell, even though you are a 100% dick if you use it. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, So, Okay, Uh, so that is my first star of the week. Dave, what is your star of the week? My first star of the week is that I just got a tongue and groove bit for my router, which is really exciting for me. Um, now, when you say your router, I want to be clear here. This is not a wireless router. No, no. This is a woodworking tool because I like doing woodworking. Uh, unfortunately, and this is this is really my own fault because I did order it on Amazon, which if you recall from last week is why I buy basically everything in my life. Except food. I don't buy food on Amazon. But I ordered, I ordered the... You can, but I don't. So, but when I ordered the tongue and groove bit, I ordered, I ordered the wrong size part. Okay. For those of you who also exist in the strange Venn diagram that is woodworking and ghosts and <laughs> die ranger, I bought the wrong chuck size for my router because I have a hand router that you just hold, and okay. what I need is a table router, which is a much larger and more expensive piece of equipment. But my wife said that I could buy a table router. Okay, now I, I just have a question for you, Dave. Is it possible? <laughs> That you, like, Tyler Durden's yourself into this? Where, like, you thought you were going to sleep, but really you were, like, staying up late and, like, changing your Amazon orders to trick yourself into having to buy a table router? If I did, if I did, I will say that I at least, I was, like, I'm, like, halfway through the movie, Tyler Durden, that I don't realize that I've done it. Like, I may have tricked myself, but I wasn't trying to trick anyone else, is what I'm saying. It might have been passive 
self-deception, but not yes. active others' deception. So really, I guess my ultimately, my, my first star for the week is my wife, who said that I should go ahead and buy a table router. Well, that's very sweet of you. It is. It was very sweet of her. The table router is much yeah. more expensive <laughs> than, than an imaginary star on our podcast. So a third star. I like to think that she'll appreciate it. I think she will. So do you have a third assuming she listens to it? Which she will. She's very indulgent. <laughs> so do you have a third star? Do you have a third star for the week? Okay, third star. I recently downloaded the audiobook for a Parker novel. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's now, awesome. Okay, here's the weird thing. If the listener is unfamiliar, there's an author named Donald Westlake. He wrote under the name Richard Stark. And he had these books. They're these crime novels about this character named Parker. Parker's amazing. They're fantastic. Definitely um, check them out, buy them, pick them up at your local library. Darwin Cook has done a bunch of great graphic novel adaptations. They're fantastic. Really amazing. Uh, the, the most recent one, I think the fourth one, Slayground, just won the Eisner for like best adaptation from another work. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he yeah. absolutely deserves it. Basically, every time he puts one out, they just give him an Eisner. They ought to. They're amazing. So, yeah. That's just another thing I've been doing this week. Okay. Uh, I do have a fourth star, okay, actually, great. is that I am still on summer vacation, which is amazing. Oh, well, you're a big jerk. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that at all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if I could somehow use my last star to take away this star. No, you have a third, you have a fifth star. Oh, I, I'm not going to waste it on that. Okay. So, no, but school <laughs> The is... stars are so valuable, Dave. <laughs> right. Much more valuable than, say, the table router. Sure. No, I I am still on summer vacation, which is great. I really I should probably start prepping for my classes. Yeah, because you are a, you are a teacher on summer vacation. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, let me be clear. I am a teacher on summer vacation, not a student, any thirty one year old student on summer vacation. Right. I have who's been enjoying summer vacation and not having a job to fill their time. Right. No, no, no. I am gainfully employed. I do get paid over the summer. I'm All right, on summer vacation, so that's fantastic. Okay. So the fourth star then is that Dave is a huge jerk that nobody likes. <laughs> okay, the I don't. I think that's a crummy star. I like that one. Well, you chose it. <laughs> I don't think I did. I didn't choose that. Star. Moving on, the fifth star is that we are doing an episode two, which I'm gonna be real. I wasn't sure we were gonna get to. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed with us. Yeah. That we've managed to commit to doing a thing that is not our job more two than times. once. Two times. Yeah. Hey, two whole times. Two whole times. Good for us. Well, you know, I think the, the great part is that we got farther than thinking about it and feeling really good about ourselves for having thought of it. Oh, and then yeah. never actually doing it. Because that's my usual creative process. That's Yeah, that's normally how I do things. I feel super great about the books that I thought about writing. Oh, and then I think about how good they're going to be when I write them. Yeah, they're going to be super good. Oh, guys, if I, you're going to be so impressed when you read the books that we eventually <laughs> maybe write. We're not you are going to lose it. <laughs> We're not writing those books. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe this is a turning point in our lives. Maybe... You know, this... Maybe, maybe someday we'll come back Maybe Super Sentai Brothers is Maybe we'll the, come back and listen to episode two of Super Sentai Brothers and really, you know... This was really it. This realize was the moment. This was the turning point. This was the moment where we decided to pursue our creative endeavors. At this point now, I really hope we do an episode three because I will be really embarrassed. Yeah, super embarrassed. I, I, think that's a, I think that's a good process is that you have to shame yourself. Sure, sure. Into doing things. And if we put this on the internet, which I guess is the point... Yeah, then someone, even if it's just me, will know that we put it out and then... And then never... Then gave up like anything. a bunch of jerks. So, 
We really should... Okay, we should get to the episode. Right. So, if you don't recall, and I had to actually look at my own notes just to catch the craziness, but episode one of Gosei Sentai Diary. Gosei Sentai Die Ranger was the inaugural episode, of course, and it is where we meet Ryu, who has the single worst initiation into a super <laughs> team in all of history. And... Uh, they get their ranger abilities, and they fight the first monster, who's called Baron String. And it ends on a cliffhanger with Ryu riding his giant dragon robot, like a surfboard, at Baron String, who has used an enlarging bomb. So it's about to be giant robot dragon versus giant measuring tape. Thing. Thing. So again, we do encourage you to watch the episode along with us. Yep, they're all on YouTube. They're very easy to find. And uh, we will be right back after this break. <laughs> okay. So, all right, man. Let's do this. Okay, so... Okay, so hit me with the synopsis. So the quick synopsis is as follows. They defeat Baron String mm-hmm. when the dragon magic surfboard... Turns into a robot. They defeat Baron String. And then another monster comes out who is a coin purse. Mm-hmm. And then they fight that monster. Because what he is doing is he's gathering five innocents to perform a sacrifice in honor of the Goma for reasons that are never explained. And then they rescue everyone. And then the episode ends. Yep, okay. And Blue Ranger learns a valuable lesson. Yes, and the Blue Ranger learns a valuable lesson. Blue Ranger learns a valuable lesson, and that I think is probably the 30-second synopsis. Yeah, okay, great. So the dragon then turns into a giant robot person. Right. Like you do. And they're all in there, and they fight Baron String, and they go back and forth for a bit. But ultimately, the dude, like, the giant robot dragon person now, dude, (laughs) pulls out a giant... Uh, staff like, staff out of nowhere spins it around like a windmill like his wrist uh-huh. like, rotates yep and then he hits him and then he explodes and then he explodes I and everyone is thrilled <laughs> there are two there are two things that I want to point out if you were if you if you were to watch it the first is that the Red Ranger again knows exactly what he is doing oh sure like he knows how to get into the giant robot dragon he knows how to pilot the giant robot dragon he knows how to turn it from a giant robot dragon into into a giant dude he knows that that's an option right he knows that that's an option and here's the amazing part there are zero controls in that giant dragon the only control (laughs) is like a glowy plasma ball that you touch you know those like glowy plasma balls that you touch and like the the tendrils of energy like go towards wherever you're touching it on the globe That's what they all have. They touch that to, like, sink in, and then they just, like, shadow box and do air karate, like, inside, and the robot does stuff. So the, that is the first thing that is fantastic. And the second thing is that they shoot fire at Baron String. This mm-hmm. is before, when it's still a dragon. They shoot fire at Baron String, and the rocks explode. But not in the way that, you know, they don't, like, they don't erupt there's just fireworks. Somebody, like, packed the rocks with fireworks, and there's just <laughs> sparks from the rocks from fire, which makes no sense to me. But the rocks themselves are, in fact, pyrotechnic. So they it's a dynamic be- world, Dave. It's a, we're, it's we're, a- we're experiencing the dynamic world of the Super Sentai. Okay. I think Everything sparks. That would be a terrifying world to live in. Like, <laughs> you could never carry around anything flammable. 
Because you just, you would walk, and then you would hit a rock, and it would spark, and then you would die. So, so they defeat Baron String. Baron String is gone. He, I think he just explodes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he literally just explodes. But they didn't combine. I was really expecting the other robots at some point to show up, mm-hmm. and then they would all combine into... Well, this is, this is something that's... You, that is a big difference between the American Power Rangers and the Japanese Super Sentai is that the the rolling out of like all of like the robots and weapons and like all the toyetic stuff mm-hmm. is it's a lot more of a slow burn in the Japanese show. Like the reason they didn't combine is that we haven't even seen the other robots yet. Yeah, no, I was expecting to see them. Yeah. Is what I was saying. Is toyetic a real term, or is that just from Freakazoid? Is that a real word that people use? You know, I looked it up once, and I think it is a real word. Toyetic is, if you've never seen that one episode of Freakazoid from 20 years ago. I don't even... No, less, less than that. Really? I think so. It was on after Power Rangers. It doesn't really matter. Anyways, the point in is... In any case, Toyetic is like something that you see in a TV show that is very easily translated into a toy that they can then like sell in a toy store. I think more accurately, Toyetic is... Something that is already... Like, they've already designed a toy. Oh, sure. And then yeah. it gets into the show, because they have the toy. And I think, actually, the dragon that transforms mm-hmm. in the show... I think it's just the toy. Oh, yeah, I'm I sure I really think they just did a thing with the toy itself. It kind of transforms in the same way, from what I recall. I didn't actually... We didn't actually have that one, if you recall from last week's episode. We didn't have the dragon toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I was expecting that. Now, you didn't get... I didn't get that, which was sort of a bummer on my end, but... It'll be rolled out... It'll be more satisfying in the long run. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what satisfies you. <laughs> so, giant transforming robots, obviously. So, end of Act 1, Scene 1. Okay. Baron String, defeated. Yes. By the power of So, in case you were really concerned about that cliffhanger... Uh, they, they did win. Your theory was right. Right. The Sentai, Super Sentai Rangers pulled it out. So, Act... Two, I would say, Act Two, Scene One, mm-hmm. we see one of the three Goma chieftains. Uh, this is Zydos. Okay, Zygos. Zygos? Dos. Zydos. Uh, you so will we... recognize him by the fact that his leather mask headpiece thing is the most hood-like. Okay. So, Zydos, we see him walking along with literally a sad sack. Yeah. He is just doing the dopiest, saddest <laughs> Charlie Brown walk down this for no reason. There's no explanation. Like, you don't see him, like, kick a pebble that's by his foot, but he might as well be doing that. I just think that he was really bummed out about Baron String dying. I hope so. Like, I, maybe they were old pals. I hope that the Goma is, even though they're evil, do have, like, a very close knit sort of familial <laughs> relationship, and every time one goes down, the rest of the Goma are super bummed. But yeah, so Zydos, Zydos, right? Yeah, Zydos. Zydos is just bumming it along this street, which is again deserted. Speaking of sad sacks, he has a sack over his shoulder. That's what I'm saying. He has a literal sad sack. So everything in Japan continues to be abandoned. The only people that you see, aside from really, really wide angle shots Mm -hmm. in places where they cannot possibly justify not having other people. Those are the only times you see other people. The only people that exist are the Rangers and the Goma and, like, their attendants, effectively. Right. Like, that's it. There are no the other young people children ever. that they know. And the young children that they kidnap. Yeah. Or that are kidnapped by the Goma. Which so, really means that the people in this particular series... Because I've watched other shows where not everything is abandoned. Okay. So that just shows that, like, the populace in this particular one 
is like smart. Yeah. Giant murdering robots and monsters show up in their town. Like, oh, well, I guess it's time to move. <laughs> right. Or at least, or at least stay inside. Yeah. Like, just don't wander around. Yeah. Use so, the buddy system. Use the buddy system. Make sure that if you're getting kidnapped by six thousand year old string monsters, you're doing it together. Sure. So we see... sharing is caring. <laughs> sharing of being kidnapped by six thousand year old string monsters is caring. So. <laughs> We see. I'm saying some very. I'm saying sentences that never in a million years would I have guessed that would have come out of my mouth. It's, okay, so lay one on me. Those are, I just did. That was it. Sharing being kidnapped by a six thousand year old string monster is caring. <laughs> never would I thought that that sentence would have come out of my mouth. So we see Zydos. Mm-hmm. Actually, scene one. We see Zydos. He is walking along. He's got this sack, and then he throws it out, and out of the sack comes a coin purse monster. His head is a giant coin purse. It's just a dude, but with a coin purse head. With like a one big giant eye in the middle of it. Yeah. And then he jumps around and then leaves. Yeah, that's it. Cut to Act 2, Scene 2, Boxing Gym. Boxing Gym. Shoji just getting the snot beat out of him. Or even assume. We don't actually see the snot beat out of him. All we see is like him hit the mat. Yeah. And not like, yeah, hard. He does not, like, stumble to his corner and get, like, a pep talk. No, no, He no. just hits the canvas. He's he got a down. big, nasty bruise on his cheek. He's bleeding, I think. Yeah. He's, like, bleeding from the mouth. Like, this dude has taken a beating. And then that's it. And then you see... And there's a little kid who's trying to encourage him. Right, there's a little kid who's trying to encourage him. And then, cut. And then he... And then uh, they're outside, and the kid's still there. Right. And he's jogging along. He's doing, like, his rocky jog. Like, he's even yeah. wearing, like, the same, like, gray sweatsuit. Got, yeah. And the kid is riding the bike alongside of him, mm-hmm. and they are working out. And I think the kid is chanting, like, fight. He's saying something. But as they're driving, riding, jogging, traversing, they're traversing, <laughs> they see a pickup basketball game. And, and one dude, one dude is like the ice cube of this, of this game. You know, I, you know the song where Ice Cube says, after round the other day, got a triple-double. He's like super <laughs> intense about it. Like everybody else is just hanging out playing pickup basketball. And it's like, it's like a triple-double, which is a, a big deal. It's like nobody else is paying attention to it. So one guy in this pickup basketball game, he has like a, he has knee braces and like a oh, jersey, sure. and he is time and a half as tall as anyone <laughs> else taller. there, way taller than anybody else there. And then that dude drops the sickest dunk and just shouts <laughs> "slam dunk" as he dunks, <laughs> right? Because it's Japan, you call out your super yeah. move when you're doing it. Now what I he actually wanna... says is "slam dunk." So real quick, before we move on from this, okay. I just want to mention this bolsters my theory from before. They're not playing in a basketball court. They're not playing in a gym. They're not playing in a park. They are playing in an abandoned industrial, like, lot. Where someone has set up a uh, basketball hoop against some, like, abandoned shipping crates. That's a good point. I think it would be safe to assume that any time it is not otherwise specified, you can assume that this entire show is happening in an abandoned like, industrial park right. or shipping warehouse. Maybe something. near the docks. Maybe near the docks. Well, this episode is definitely by the docks. Yes. Which we'll get back to. <laughs> but to return. So this dude drops the sickest dunk. 
his waist is at hoop level. Like, he is not reaching up with his arms to dunk this ball in. He is actually, he's lowering it gently into, which is really, I think, against the spirit of a slam dunk. But he just sort of, like, drops it in because he is already so far above the hoop. Uh, the ball bounces off. Shoji's kid friend goes to chase after it. Mm-hmm. It bounces really far. Way far, like, well far away from everybody else that is involved in this game. Well, there's a reason the most courts have, like, fences around them. And yeah, people don't is... normally play down by the docks. <laughs> there is no... By the time this kid gets to this ball, there's nobody else around. So he goes after the ball, and then all of a sudden... Dunker, super dunker. Sure, slam dunk guy. Ice tea. Ice tea appears. And, um... Just, out of nowhere, just drops, you will never return home. And then the ball in his hand turns into, like, a creepy red mask. Right. That he then throws at the kid. Now, when when he throws it at the kid, he shouts, slam dunk. Which leads me to assume that maybe he didn't even know he was doing a slam dunk before. It was just, just what he shouts whenever he does something he's proud of. That would be super great. I hope that that... Well, okay, he's not actually a guy. He's a monster. But if it were a real guy, it would be even better. It's like every time he was excited, just shouting slam dunk. Right, but but not an actual... Not in English, because he's Japanese. Like, dude graduates from high school. Slam dunk! Uh, really... If, if if you don't have a thing, if you're looking for a thing in your life that's like your thing that you do, mm-hmm. that like defines you, and everyone's like, ah, oh, Jim, he does... You can have that. You yeah, can have you, Slam Dunk. You can take Slam Dunk. Um, so he Slam Dunks the mask onto the kid's head, which paralyzes him, and then he grabs the kid. At this point, Shoji is caught up and he sure. sees this happen. But Ice-T grabs the kid. Just like tucks him under his arm. And then runs and fades away into nothingness. Which actually, paralytic mask is pretty creepy. You know, there's like, a lot that's of actually. I mean, really... outside the context of the goofiness of Sentai Super Ghostly Sentai Die Ranger, that that's really scary. There's a lot of stuff in this show that, like, it is definitely a kids' show, but like, there's some weird stuff. We're gonna hit some creepy episodes in here, and this is just like an early introduction to that. Okay. Well, it's good to know. So yeah. this is not this is not the end of that. So he runs off with the kid. Enter Cory Gross Monster. Yes. Who attacks Shoji just with a hammer that he has. He hits Shoji. Shoji goes flying. <laughs> and before he actually hits the ground, he's really fast in the draw. Before he hits the ground, he uses his... What do you call it? Aura changer, thank you. He uses his morpher. I'm probably gonna. It's gonna take me a little bit to remember what that is. But anyway, so he uses his aura changer and he turns into the blue ranger and then lands. And then they start right. fighting. And Shoji does a real bad job. Yeah, real, real bad. It is not surprising that he got whooped so hard uh, in the squared circle. Yeah. Yeah, so Coinverse Monster is wrecking him. And he actually. Coinverse Monster, we didn't know this before, but Coinverse Monster's purse opens up and there's a head in there. That launches other heads. Like, he just launches heads as a projectile at Blue Ranger. Like the red mask from before. Yeah. Not just any old head. Right. It's the mask, uh, what would be better to say is that the mask matches his head. Yeah. And then he's launching those at the Blue Ranger. Just flying head attack. (laughs) 
Um, Blue Ranger tries to do his his special powers are based on gravity. He tries to do some sort of like gravity reversal thing. Again, just does the worst shot, job. Yeah, completely flubs it and gets knocked through a pile of cardboard of boxes. boxes. Um, which are everywhere. Just everywhere. Boxes everywhere. Boxes in industrial parkways. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then Gordon Purse escapes. End scene. Um, oh, the monster does shout out adios for reasons that we don't know. Yeah. For reasons that make no sense to me, the monster does shout adios! Now, be- before we move on from this, I did want to point out one thing from this fight. is when he tries to do his like crazy zero gravity move, uh-huh. and it doesn't work, he is stunned. Absolutely shocked. Yeah, I mean... But, but like shocked in a way that would imply that this is the tenth episode of the show, and on every preceding episode he has done this like attack, and it has worked perfectly. Yeah, shocked and it, crushed. Like it has never failed him, and now like oh my gosh, my yeah. amazing power has finally been broken. Yeah, no, nope. no, this is the first time he is really deflated about this. Like he's really bummed out. So, <laughs> yeah. Which, okay, anyway, so... Okay, so that fight ends. So, end scene. He goes back to headquarters, which I'll remind you is... We see this episode, we, I think it's actually like somewhere in a subway or something. It looks, because you see them... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. So, he shows up in Murder Basement, mm-hmm. and he is talking to Kaku, who, if you don't recall, is their leader. Sensei. Yeah. Mentor leader. figure. Right. So, he's talking to Kaku... And he's super bummed out. He says, I couldn't even save my little little buddy. Yeah. And uh, the pink ranger is there, and she is kind of comforting him. And then something happens. I don't really remember what. But they call the other rangers. Yeah. Like, they put the call... I think they see something somehow, but they put the call to the other rangers, who are just, like, hanging out doing their jobs. Yeah. Mask style. MAS, Mobile Armored Strike Command style. Right. Like, like they're, they're all, just, all at work, like just doing their thing. Taking out the trash. Right. Uh, Kazu. Which is a real bummer because he totally did that yesterday. I know. You would think. But anyhow. Uh, Kazu, who is a uh, who's the Yellow Ranger, he is a hairdresser? Yeah, you saw him in a suit before. Yeah. And so I had assumed he was some sort of businessman. Nope. He is not. He is he, a hairdresser. No, he's just dapper. Yeah, just looking slick, Kaku. Yeah, and so he's and like, actually, what's really impressive is when you see him doing hair. Mm-hmm. He does not have on. Now that he does not have the jacket on, he doesn't have the tie on. And so when he gets the urgent, this dude is this is a committed dude. He gets the urgent call for like Super Sentai business mm-hmm. on his like secret magic wrist communicator. Leaves his job. In the middle of cutting somebody's hair. In the middle of cutting somebody's hair. Actually says, oh, I'll be back in a minute. Or something like that. He's like, like, oh, please be be patient. Yeah. But he is clearly not coming back. No. (laughs) But he actually stops. That's no way to get a tip. And then the next time you see him, he's he's wearing a tie. Like, he's got a tie on. So, and I don't imagine that he would be wearing a clip-on. That doesn't seem like his style. No, no. That's not Kaku's style. So he actually gets this urgent call from his, like ancient mentor to fight 6,000-year-old demon monsters and says to himself, hold up, let me get this knotted, (laughs) puts on his jacket, buttons it, then leaves. And then the last guy, the, um... Uh, Daigo. Daigo, who's the Green Ranger, he is just, like, sitting on a bucket on a dock, fishing. 
And like I like when it, his wrist messenger goes off, like I think he was asleep. Yeah, he like was he looks up as though like he I had th- been sitting on that bucket for hours. I think Dango might be like a bum. Like he <laughs> might just be like he's really clean, but I think he might just be like a hobo. Well, no, he's not. A, whatever, he's a bum. I think. Yeah. He, I don't think he has a home, is what I'm saying. Because yeah. he's just... He can stay know. in the murder basement if he wants to. I don't know. Do people just sit on docks fishing? <laughs> Maybe he likes to fish. Well, you know what? Maybe he's, it's like his day off. I guess in my head I was thinking that it was his job because everybody else was at their job. Uh, Maybe no. he's just chilling out fishing for fun. Well, let's hope that that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> for, I, for, hope, I hope Daigo's doing okay. For his sake. Um, so they all show up. They all show, and this is where we do see they go to the subway station, and then the next thing we see is they sort of are they're like in the tunnels in the tracks, mm-hmm. and they kind of turn off to a side, mm-hmm. and then they're back in murder basement. So we do know that it's in a subway tunnel now. Yeah. So they show back up, and Shoji is sitting there looking extremely dejected. Yeah. Again, I mean, just completely deflated. That um, gravity attack didn't work. Kaku says, "Hey, monsters out there! We need to go find them. He's collecting children." Uh, because every time the Goma come out, they do this ceremony called, uh, what was it, Nidoro? Nidoro Budro. And here's the thing about this episode, is that they're collecting children to kill, but there's no reason to do it. This is not part of a larger plan. They are not killing them to, like, sacrifice them to, like, bring about some great evil. This is just, like, their coming out party, Right, they just do this. This is, like, this is, like, the Goma Cotillion. Yeah. (laughs) And there's actually this flowers and stuff. Oh, yeah, when it finally happens, like, you know how I said last episode that, like, all the putties just look like evil waiters? Yeah. Like, they are waiters. Like, they're evil waiters setting up, like, an evil, like... Diner area for like an evil meal. They do it so well that I think I don't think that that was a misstep on your part. I think these are actually designed to look like waiter uniforms. I think Could they're be. supposed to look like monster tuxedos. Yeah. Jumping back to where we to where we left. Oh off. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Kaku says you need to go fight him. Get out of here. Except Shoji, you need to stay. Yeah. Brief cut. He walks Shoji down the hallway and he lays. He basically lays some like. Mr. Miyagi, like, Tai yeah. Chi style. I know Mr. Miyagi doesn't do Tai Chi, but, like, some Mr. Miyagi, like, Tai Chi style, like, old man wisdom. Right, like, he tried to use gravity this way, but, like, natural forces, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. And, yeah, and then he... But he sets Shoji up with, like, a training thing. He doesn't actually do anything about training. He just sort of drops these aphorisms on him. Mm-hmm. And then the room they're in just has a bunch of weights hanging from chains. Mm-hmm. And Kaku... Just uses cheap power to hit Shoji with them. Yeah, and so this is... Okay, so this is two episodes in a row of Kaku doing something like this. And we've fallen into a pattern now where Kaku's teaching style is he philosophizes for a bit and then follows it up with immediate, unannounced abuse. (laughs) And just like, well, good luck! And I think think the best part is that he's not even philosophizing, like, with you. He just seems to be kind of talking to the air. Right. And hoping, you know, I just, he he assumes that you're paying attention, and then you get attacked by the dangerous things that he keeps around. So, Shoji is just getting beat on, and we don't actually see him learn anything. It just cuts away. 
That's it. Now, there's one thing before we leave this scene that I wanted to mention. Okay. He's telling... Kaku talks to Shoji about what a bad job Shoji did. Oh, yeah, that's right! And when he does it, he turns to a television. And that television is showing a clip from earlier in the episode when Shoji was losing to the coin purse monster. So, like, I either... Here are the two options. One... Kaku follows them around with a camera. Which is creepy. Or two, he has somehow used his chi to make a VHS tape. <laughs> right, because he doesn't even say, oh, I saw you do this thing. Like, he literally walks over to a DV and hits the play button. Yeah. And it just goes. So he has this recorded. <laughs> now that he's ever recorded, he has it queued up. Like, yeah. he's ready for this. He was ready for the lecture. And so, yeah. I don't even know how he got the tape, but he has the tape. Okay, so they go out. They're all running after the coin purse monster. Right. The pink ranger gets captured, very just like very suddenly. Yeah, like out of nowhere. Like does not really put up a fight. Oh, there is another kid. She's There's another kid that she's chasing to try to help. That kid gets kidnapped by... They both get slam dunked. Right. And then they run away. Brief cut to Shoji, who's running sort of in the same path right. as... Rin is the pink ranger's name. Yes, exactly. So he is running in the path of Rin, and he is kind of, he's he's running along, and then you see him, and he stops, and he looks at the ground where Rin has dropped an earring, and he immediately recognizes it, which I think is super creepy, because we've already established that they do not know each other super well. Because they right. didn't know each other in the first episode. She just kind of shows up. And this is not a particularly fancy earring. Yeah, this is not like it's a really... Like half-crescent thing. Yeah, this is like a fairly basic earring. So the fact that Shoji immediately... A, that he even notices that is kind of impressive. But the creepy part is that he's like, oh, that's Rin's earring. And I don't... You just... I don't know. Right. It's creepy like, to me. Like, hello, Rin. I found your earring. I noticed it because I've been staring at your ears all morning. <laughs> right! You really have to pay attention. Because, again, not a fancy earring. No. Not a fancy or distinct earring. Okay, this so is... Rin is captured. So Rin is captured. Uh, Shoji it... follows, like, sort of tails the purse monster back to a ship that's in the docks. Right. So it actually does make sense yeah. that they are on a... Yeah. This and he's sort of like waiting out because he's still a little nervous because he'd screwed up so badly earlier in the mm. day. He's alone. Uh, the other three guys are all together. They've already changed into their like ranger outfits and they're all on their motorcycles. Yeah, because they have good sense. Yeah. They know that if you're going to go fight monsters, just aura change. Just yeah. step one, change into your super form, then go find monsters. Shoji... In what continues to be a streak of really bad action slash decision making over the course of this episode, just decides he's going to rock it. Oh, sure. As Shoji. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. No, he will not be fine. <laughs> so he follows Rin and yep. Coin Purse Monster to this boat. Yeah. And when they get there, he sees like the putties come out, they set the table, there they are do flowers. A, they do a really nice job. There's yeah. like, dude, there's flowers, there's a small like candelabra. Oh, sure. With the candles themselves are a little crooked, I didn't know. I think there were at least two forks. Yeah, per there's set, like plate plates. Setting. Yeah, there's full, full place settings. Flowers, like I said, candelabra. Yeah. There's, I think, some wine glasses. They are just, they really do a very nice job they doing s- this. They I mean, set it's up not the full victims, they're sitting in chairs. Like, 
A guy comes out dressed as the Grim Reaper, except he's wearing like a Jason hockey mask. Yeah, and I think the the moment where you see him is fantastic because he comes out and like pauses dramatically <laughs> again. As though this is, like, the 10th episode, and they've been, like, hinting at this dude, and you've been seeing, like, shadows and pictures, and people are describing him, and, like, here's the big reveal, like, bum, 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 here is Grim Reaper Grim Jason Mask. No, you've never seen this guy before. And he just comes out, like... No, we have, because it turns out that he's Coin Purse Monster. Oh, yeah, he is totally Coin Purse Monster. This is a third disguise that he has... (laughs) Right. So the Goma grab Rin with, like, telekinesis. Sure. Coin Purse Monster Jason Grim Reaper comes over, is about to give mm-hmm. her the scythe chop. Shoji screams, no! Jumps through the window, crashes right. on through. Now, I do want to point something out. Um, in the show, had we been watching it when it came out, mm-hmm. that's where there would have been a commercial break. Like, you can see in the video... He goes like, no! And then there's like a pause, and then it cuts back. And he does not have... He's just standing there. Like, the cut isn't real great when it comes back from commercial. And you can just see him standing next to it, and then kind of like hopping through. No way does he have nearly enough momentum <laughs> to get through glass that thick. It's like, this is a boat. Like, they'd have... Boats have not messing around windows because yeah. it's like storms. storms, right? On like the briny deep, and so, but he just like pops through, and I found that I did like that. I thought that was kind of hey man, he's got that, he's got that ranger strength. Yeah, you would think, except he's not a ranger, and clearly this dude has already spent like half the episode eating canvas. <laughs> so I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, Shoji. But he does do it, so he gets in. Uh, like, kicks the Grim Reaper or something. Right, who turns into Corn Purse Monster. Right. All the putties start fighting Shoji. Shoji immediately becomes super competent. Yeah, he, like, he just turns it up. He is taking out, like, eight dudes at a time. He's, like, taking somebody's sword from their hand and throwing it at another guy. Yeah, and actually he does, he gets one of the Kodoropodoro's swords and actually starts slicing masks off of the evil red masks that the people have been paralyzed with. He starts slicing those masks off of their faces. That's some delicate sword work. Especially when you've not been having a great track record. Yeah, if I were Shoji, that was like a big jump in confidence. <laughs> like, I have just been like, I've just been eating dirt this whole episode. All of a sudden, you know what? Going for it. Cutting that mask right off the face. But he does it, yeah. I think. He, not I oh, think sure. he does. Yes. He does it, which is great for him. So I'm glad that he sort of, you know, he gets he gets his groove back. Okay, him so and Stella both. So he frees Ren. Uh, the other Rangers show up. No, no, no. Well, there is actually something. There's one thing before that mm-hmm. is that he is he and Ren. So Ren gets free. Shoji and Ren are fighting the Kororopodoro, and then the Goma decide to enter the fight. And the Goma, as it turns out, are actually, like, super hard. Oh, well, these are, like, the three commanders. These are, like, the top Goma. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Those three guys. They're, like, super hard. Yeah. Like, they do, like, they teleport out from behind the table. Two of them on either side use literally one finger to, to shoot out, like, energy tendrils to grab Rin and Shoji. They, like, drag them towards them, use, like, one hand to, like, throw them over their head... And then the third Goma commander just, like, blasts them with eye bolts. 
Yeah, just like fireballs out of his eyes and mouth. <laughs> right! Which leads me to, why are they bothering? Why are they bothering with Baron String when these three dudes are clearly top-notch? But, I mean, the Listen. answer is that's a boring show. They delegate. They delegate. So, they do that, and then the other three rangers show up. They yeah. launch through windows on their motorbikes. They launch through windows on their motorbikes. Everybody transforms. Yeah. The three Goma commanders, like, bug out. Yeah. And then, when they transform, they're immediately out of the ship. They've jumped, presumably. They, ju- they jumped a I long guess. ways. They jump a real, real long ways. To, like, the top of a crane, they do their whole thing, they get out the catchphrase, and then they pose. And this, I think, is maybe my favorite moment of the show, is that Coin Purse Monster, like, comments on the posing. He's just like, I think he says, he's like, ah, you show-offs. Like, so yeah. he knows what they're doing. He knows that they're just going through the thing. <laughs> and I guess out of respect for the form, he just lets them finish. But he's not happy about it. So, then the fight begins, I think, in earnest is the best way to say it. Sure. And there's, you know, it's, we don't have to, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We it's, don't need to. There's a lot of kicking. The few things that I do want to mention is that this is the first time that we see everyone's, like, individual superpowers. Yeah. So like this, I got a question about one of these. So the the yellow ranger I got a big question. Uh, the yellow ranger, like people come out and attack him, and then he uses his time powers to rewind time to like stop them from attacking him. Um, the pink ranger, the pink ranger uses wind. The red ranger uses fire. And then I imagine that your question is about the green ranger. Yeah, I'm real curious about the green ranger. Everybody else has done a sort of like mystical elemental thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Green Ranger starts off with a technique that he calls mist concealment, where he like shoots mist everywhere, no one can see him. Fairly straightforward mm-hmm. so far. And then, and then, sure, he just yells something, 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 soju train line. Yeah. And a phantasmal train appears out of nowhere. Runs over the Kotoro Potoro mm-hmm. and then disappears. Right. So. So I guess where's what's the question? So, is there is there any connection in your like Wikipedia delving here? Is there any connection? Is there ever an explanation? Or Green Ranger just summons Phantom Train? First of all, he does do that a lot. That is not the last. You will no, like see that is his train. move. Um, what it is, is that, like, the Green Ranger is sort of this ill-defined, like, illusion guy. Like, okay. that, his powers are based on illusion, which is why he did, like, the mist. But his, sometimes he'll also, like, summon illusions of things, and those illusions will attack. What? Why those illusions actually are solid in that moment does not make, to me, any sense. <laughs> But it's fun to hit people with spectral trains, and so I, I think we're just gonna have to go. With I it. really just feel like I could have done it. There's some there's exposition <laughs> for other people's super moves, right? Like and last time, su- like this is the time that he uses fire, right? You're like that one I figured out. I could have used a little narration on Phantom Train, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So then in comes so they beat him up. Um, the Blue Ranger gets his confidence back, and he the yeah, guy tries to do a move called the Gamma Dunk. Which, again, not a dunk. He just throws a bunch of heads. Right. Blue Ranger has a flashback to his training with the hanging weights. When manages he sort of, to, like, dodge all of them. He sort of tai chi's out of the way. Yeah. He's, like, very, like, flowing reed yeah. style. You know, like, getting um, out of the way of his heads. And then uses his gravity power, I guess, to, like... He has gravity powers. To make his 
bullet heavier to like hit the dude harder? I think it's like a. I think the idea is maybe because they say it's spinning kicks. Yeah. What if it's supposed to be like orbit? Like his foot is orbiting. Oh, uh, maybe because it's gravity. That would make some sort of sense. But he so he kicks, in any case he kicks the guy. He but like a bunch, right? Like he kicks him a bunch and super fast. And then the guy pulls out an enlarging bomb. Uh-huh. And at this point, I'm thinking this episode has gone on for too long. We do not have time for a robot fight. Which is great, because what they do then is they basically just, like, they all throw their, like, staves at them, at him, and, like, block out his arm, and he can't use the enlarging bomb, and they just all throw, I feel like, like he could just throw it, but... Eh. Or drop it, rather. Like, you just drop it. Well, you could, but at that point in the episode, it had already gone about 20 minutes. Right. And so they all summon, like, uh, basically, like, a chibolt, like, a, like, the Hadouken. Like a five-man. Like a five-man joined Hadouken. Hit him with that, he blows up. Which, again, I just feel like you ought to lead with five-man Hadouken. Well, you know, maybe you had to trap the guy first. Or okay. maybe, you know, they had to pat out the episode. I guess. So, he's, and he's defeated. And then yeah. that's the end of the episode. That's pretty much the end of the episode. No, they do see... the. Think you see the kids and they're okay. You see the kids and they're okay. You see uh, Shoji up for his Rocky run. That's right. It does he get gives, back. He gives Rin the earring back and she is uh, cordial enough to not get really skeeved out by it. <laughs> Which was really nice of her. She does not mention that it's super creepy that he knows that that is her earring. Um, and then that's it. End of episode two, and very well done, I will say. So do you have any more final thoughts on it, or is that... Uh... Final thoughts. Uh, I'm excited for the episodes to keep going. I really want to see everybody else's robots. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm really... I'm okay, so I'm in the game for... I mean, obviously, I'm just enjoying it, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to giant robots. Mm-hmm. More giant robots. And I'm really looking forward to individual weapons. I'm assuming at some point... Oh yeah, they get all of their own stuff. Yeah, I'm assuming they all get like spiffy weapons. I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. I'm really looking forward to giant robots. I'm looking forward to do more secret techniques. Obviously. Oh, you'll get some. Yeah, yeah, no, I assumed I would. Again, I think my favorite moment of this episode is when Coinverse Monster sort of breaks the fourth wall, acknowledges mm-hmm. that they're showboating a little bit. I just feel like that displays a really great <laughs> amount of... Uh, maybe self-awareness or awareness of the form on Coinverse Monsters part. So sure, well, well maybe he'd watched the previous 16 seasons. <laughs> right, so well done, Coinverse Monsters. He'd been trapped for 6,000 years. He had to do something with that time. <laughs> Just watch Night Major. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, okay, and that's it. Thank you for once again joining us. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. Join us next week for episode three of Live and Let Die Ranger. Bye. Bye.